Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Jordan and Lexi here again this week. And we're going to start out with a... Um, Lexi, you had an icebreaker? Yep, I did. Okay. Um, what, what's one fun thing you've been using around the house, either just for you or for cleaning or. Okay. Well, this is an easy one because Christmas and my birthday just happened. So oh, yeah, I have yeah. new things to talk about, but I just got my new mop in yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I had been, um, really intrigued by the mop NATO mm-hmm. and the like uh, spinning nature of it because, I had a mop that you just wrung out. Um, there was like a little plastic thing that went down over it. I'm like using hand motions mm-hmm. like everyone can see me right now, but <laughs> the plastic thing went down over the mop head and then you like wrung it out like that. Um, and it literally gave me blisters every time I used it. So I was like, ah. But I also have, I had a Bona, like the little Bona floor mop that's like a Swiffer wet jet oh, yeah. type situation. But um, I feel like those don't work as good as like an actual mop. Especially yeah, no. Like real dirty. So anyways read a bunch of consumer reports on the spin mops and found out that the O-Cedar brand um, actually had better ratings and was like half the price. So I went with that one and it came in the mail yesterday. I've only used it once, but I pretty much like it. My review overall is like a 8.9 out of 10. I think it works really good, but the mop head isn't very big, which bothers me. So, but we have a lot of hardwood floor in our house. So I have a lot of mopping. Okay. Like even our bedrooms, Uh. there's just a lot of, floor to mop mopping is hard because it's not like vacuuming that you do once you have to vacuum or sweep and then mop it's so you're already kind of pooped by the time you get to mopping anyway yes exactly (laughs) because i've already done a lot of other things um and then every once in a while i do a uh, like a mop and glow situation after i Mm -hmm. mop that like put stuff on it that like protects it because that we have pine floors which are really soft so they scratch easily so that days that I do that is like, okay, that's, that's all I got for the day. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Oh three rounds of going over all the hardwood floors. <laughs> Anyways, that's my new trinket that I'm really enjoying. So the O-Cedar Spin Mop, it's pretty, it was like $28, I think, and on Amazon. And it has the mop and the head and the, and you can get different mop heads. So if I huh. am really being annoyed with the size, I can swap it out. Just get a bigger one. Yeah, a bigger one. That's cool then. And I was actually wondering, why couldn't I just use like a normal mop in the spinny bucket? Because it's essentially like a lettuce spinner. Have you ever had one of those? Mm-hmm. I, I've never had one, but I've seen them before where you like put wet lettuce in it and it spins it no. and it dries it. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. essentially like that, but you do it with a little foot pedal. So I'm like, why couldn't oh. I just get a normal mop and spin it in that? I don't know. To yeah, that's true. I will, give you, I will give you all the review if that happens. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's my latest trinket probably that I've been interested in. And I also have two new cookbooks that I'm loving, but I posted that. Oh, yeah. I'm loving those. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love both of those cookbooks so much. Well, actually, the second one, well, not the second one. In my mind, the second one that I'm thinking of, the art, is it the Simple Artisan Sourdough? Is that what you're talking about? Artisan Sourdough yeah. Made Simple or something like that is the title. Yeah, they have a really good, the tear and share dinner rolls in there are so good, but you cannot, 
I'm learning with those recipes. You cannot deviate at all from the directions at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> so been, don't do that. I have been trying to stay more right on recipes because I'm yeah. real bad with all kinds of life to be like, oh, well, I don't have that. So I'll just add a little bit of this and I'll be fine. So and with <laughs> baking, that does not work. <laughs> It's like recipe for disaster if you're like, nope, eh. this is a heaping cup. It'll be fine. No big deal. So anyway, yeah. I um, is, it, is that tear and share rolls worth doing over the other roll recipe that we have? Absolutely. Really? <laughs> I Ooh, think so Well, excited. okay. Because I, I really know. like I that other has... that yeast roll recipe that you gave me. Maybe it's because of how much whole wheat I put in that other yeast recipe. Oh, this one doesn't did. have any yeast in it at all, at all though. It's just oh. straight sourdough, mm -hmm. which I, it's my purest heart. I know. I know. I feel the same way. Like <laughs> today I made the everyday. It's so good, Jordan. It's so good. <laughs> I can't wait. Today I made, ju I'm just going to work through that book I've decided. I know mm -hmm. some days it won't work out, but like, I'm just going to try to like do like chronologically in the book each day. Yeah, it's a good idea. Not every day because I won't be able to bake every day. Yeah. But the next time that I make bread, I'm just going to do the next one. See what happens. I'm very when you are learning sourdough, it's kind of a good idea to do that because you have to be feeding your starter, so starter to yeah. keep it healthy and alive and active. So it is kind of a good idea to have a lot of variety of recipes or working through a book like that. Yeah. So much spiritual ways that you could think of that. Just have to be feeding it, using it, and keeping it alive and active. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's a good point. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's your household trinket? Um, I don't know necessarily about household trinket. It's like an old lady. I feel like I'm an old lady because now I'm worried about dry skin. You guys, it is so no. dry in oh. Utah this summer, winter. I mean, <laughs> I'm like that every winter. My skin is <sighs> so dry. It's unusual. I, no, I was talking to Brian about it last night. I'm like, I don't. No, because I thought it was allergic reaction because I was even having like blisters under my eyes. I don't oh. know. Maybe I was having allergic reaction, but I've also never had a newborn and been nursing so much in the winter. So I really think it's hydration related, but yeah. I had avoided buying my absolute favorite skincare that my mom and I both like. She's an esthetician. I think I told you about it. The Rose one. Did I tell uh, you about this one? I think Evan Healy is the brand. What was it? Evan Healy. Okay. I'm going to look at it. Um, anyways, I, it's, it's not all expensive, but the cream that I really like for the winter time is pretty expensive. And so I, I just was trying to not buy it and was using all sorts of other stuff, but it was just, it was just getting worse and mm -hmm. worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And I just, I looked like a raisin. I looked like I aged 20 years overnight. Yes. <laughs> so I told that Brian this week, I was like, me too. really this winter? Yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I have very bad wrinkles suddenly. <laughs> And I was just like, man, I'm really aging. And then I got new face lotion. I was like, oh, just kidding. I look fine. <laughs> okay. I had told Brian, I was like, I might need to go to the doctor because this is really just, I feel like I'm in pain. It's annoying me mm -hmm. all day. It was like mm -hmm. an underlying anxiety feeling. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, what is something that you know you're not allergic to? And I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't want to go buy that. But mm -hmm. we made a special trip down to Salt Lake and we picked it up and three days in and I am feeling so much better. And yeah. I, I just feel I'm aging. I know it's everything, but I love Evan Healy's rose line. It's so good. So, so good. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. So um, I, after I had Valor, my skin got very sensitive and I would try like a million different things and 
nothing like every lotion I put on my face was making my face burn and red. Oh, I was like, oh, I'm suddenly I have the most sensitive skin. I never have had sensitive skin before. My face mm-hmm. was always dry, but never sensitive. So anyway, yeah, it took me a lot of like trial and error. And I was like, I'm just wasting so much money. I need to just spend know, money on that's the one that I know that is okay for my skin. That's what's hard. Yeah. So, so. anyway. That's what we've been up to. Old lately. lady probs. <laughs> Mops and skincare. <laughs> Good times. Um, okay, so let's hop into what we're actually going to be talking about today. Um, Lexi and I yep. have been tossing around this idea for a while now. And honestly, I feel like it has taken me, I don't know, a month and a half or two months that we've been um, having this in the back burner to really think through what I wanted to say about it. Um, Mm. But the topic is how to disagree without being disagreeable. Um, And what we mean by that is how to um, stand up for your faith, have disagreements with people over biblical issues. Um, It can can be obviously with non-believers that um, don't believe in God, um, that we're obviously going to disagree with them, or even with Christian brothers and sisters that may disagree um, on what the Bible says about different issues. So we're going to talk today about how to disagree with people in the right way without just being obnoxious, basically. Mm. So anything to add to that? Like a precursor of how? (laughs) Oh, I was just, as you were talking about, I was thinking about how sometimes it's actually easier to disagree with an unbeliever with charity than it is a believer. Yeah, because I mean, when it's an unbeliever, you're obviously coming from different viewpoints on it. Um, and yeah. you both know that, but when it's with a Christian brother or sister, you kind of assume that you both are, you know, understanding the Bible in the same way. And that obviously is not the case <laughs> all the time. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to start just by talking about the offensive nature of the gospel and, mm-hmm. um, Romans 9 talks about, I can just read it actually because I referenced it before we started talking. Um, they have, uh, this is Romans 9, 33. Uh, As it is written, behold, I'm laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Um, and that's talking about Jesus and just the fact that he is a stumbling block and a rock of offense, that the, um, the gospel itself is an offensive message because it says mm. that there are sinners that must repent, which means admitting wrong. And, um, mm-hmm. and that is an offensive message to bring to people. So um, if we are Christians, we have to admit that what we bring to people will offend people and will, um, cause Mm -hmm. people to, you know, buck at what we're saying. And we have to just kind of get used to that. I think as Christians, I think we we also scared of that. We need to like, when we're talking to believers about certain issues as well, I think we can't force other people to do this. So we need to be in control of our own mind, but, um, like think through, am I offended because of the gospel or am I offended because of an emotional issue, because it's also a sin to be easily yeah. offended. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a sin to be offended by the gospel and it's a sin to be easily offended. So you, yeah. you really do need to be in control of your, your heart, watch over your heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with our own emotions, whenever we disagree mm-hmm. with someone, we have to keep that in check. Um, and then also I was thinking about how, you know, the Christian message, this isn't our message. So our emotions shouldn't be Mm. like, that's a really good point. 
we aren't, we shouldn't be personally um, upset about something if someone mm-hmm. is offended by the gospel because it isn't our message. This yeah. is God's message and we're just yeah. commissioned to bring it. So if they yeah. are offended by the gospel, then I'm sorry, this is what God said. I don't get to change what God said. Um, yeah. And honestly, it should just be kind of like, well, water off a duck's back. I'm obeying Christ. Yeah. And continue on. Yeah, we've talked about that too, like especially when as pastor's wives, when your husband is being critiqued, how do you not get wrapped up in that sort of disagreement emotionally? And something Brian and I just keep coming back to is just the fact that God has given us so many avenues to be fruitful in that we really don't have time to waste Mm -hmm. um, getting wrapped up in the negative. Yeah. Yeah. It would just be an injustice to the good things God has done for us to to be like, Oh, why is, why is it bad in this one section? It's kind of like, well, keep on trucking along lady. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you told me about a time that Brian talked to someone whose husband is frequently. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, um, it was Gabe Wrench's wife from cross politic. He, because we last year had had a really hard season and that was something God, I felt like really impressed upon me as a wife. But then Brian is like, you're not going to believe what Gabe Wrench's wife said when I talked to her and asked her how she dealt with all the negative at the conference. I was like, well, what'd she say? And she said the same thing. She's like, I just don't, I don't even have, I don't even know half of the stuff that goes on because I have so much going on under my own household that I cannot waste time getting mm-hmm. wrapped up in what people are saying. Right. Right. So it was almost like a, I don't know why, but I needed the validation to just be like, I don't really care. Move along. Yeah. <laughs> Go make dinner. Go make some more bread. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just, just to continue on being busy with our own obedience whenever people mm-hmm. are offended mm-hmm. by our husbands. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like our husbands are pastors. They're preaching Christ to a world that yeah. <laughs> that their paradigm is completely different than what we are bringing um, mm-hmm. and what our husbands are bringing. So um, honestly, if people aren't offended by our husbands, then that may, well, mm-hmm. it may be a season of peacefulness, which is totally fine and praise God for that. But if there's never been anyone offended yeah. by something that your husband has said in the pulpit, then maybe you should encourage him to mm-hmm. preach the gospel more clearly. Um, <laughs> Christian women, especially pastor's wives, have to have thick skin. Um, we have to have thick skin mm-hmm. because there will be times that we do know about um, time about people who are angry with our husbands. Um, and to be honest, we have to be able to not let that freak us out (laughs) because if our husband comes to us and says, listen, what this person said, they're really angry. Something that I said, blah, blah, blah. We can't start freaking out and be like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) doesn't like my husband and they don't love my family and (laughs) everything is bad and no one cares about me because honestly that is a temptation. And I have completely fallen into that temptation before to be like, well, no one loves us and everyone hates us just like this person on the interwebs hates us. Um, (laughs) So we have to be cautious to have thick, thick skin to when someone obviously doesn't like our husbands or what, or more specifically, they don't like what our husbands are saying. They probably don't even know our husbands that well. Um, but we have to have thick skin to not let that ruffle our feathers to the point that it ruffles our husband's feathers. Um, yeah. We don't want him to have to then emotionally support us through someone being upset mm-hmm. with him. Um, yeah, I think we've talked before about being the steadfast wife that our husband yeah. can trust in. I think that's part of it is he can trust his emotions with us because he knows we're steady enough that we're not going to completely rock the boat. <laughs> yeah. And down deep in our hearts, we don't want milk toast 
pastors in our pulpit and we don't want milk toast husbands in our home. Like we don't yeah. want cowardly no. pastors or husbands. We want lions. And then we also want to breed lion cubs that will yeah. continue on this message later. So we want to be moms and wives that, um, are the fearless part of fruitful and fearless mm-hmm. that will encourage our husbands and then our sons and daughters to not be scared when someone disagrees with them. Um, but, <laughs> but that we're able, um, as, as this is a direct quote of someone that said this to my husband recently, that we are able to laugh when someone tells our husband that their words are a disgusting pile of filth. <laughs> <laughs> and think, okay, well, that's interesting. I literally busted out laughing when Jared told me that that was a comment on one of the things that he has said recently. And um, certain times it's like, okay, well, you just have to laugh at that because it's coming from a non-Christian. So obviously yeah. we're going to think that God's words are a disgusting pile of filth because <laughs> they're, you know, the Bible talks about it being a stench to those who are perishing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So it's like, yeah, you would think that it is a disgusting pile of filth until God changes your heart. And I will pray that that happens. Um, but then at I the was same just time, thinking, go ahead. go ahead. I was thinking about First um, Corinthians thirteen: um, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Um, Brian has always done a really good job when people disagree with him on, he just, he hopes when it just seems so hopeless. And he is always very charitable in the way um, he represents other people. And I think, I just think Christians specifically talking to other Christians for some reason, when they get their gospel camp flags out, they just throw chapter 13 away from first Corinthians Mm -hmm. and forget that you're actually supposed to put the other person's argument in the best light. And you're actually supposed to endure with them patiently. But then there's also the flip side. I think this is why Proverbs 17, nine about a man who repeats a matter separates close friends. I think that's what that proverb is. And I think there is a time, especially among Christians, where after you've talked about it enough mm-hmm. and you know you disagree, don't go, go so far to continue mm-hmm. to bring it up that you're yeah. then separating the actual relationship from happening. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, that's a good point. Yeah, because I think that's how you can then disagree but still be agreeable. You're you're able to maintain fellowship. If if you really feel so strongly about something that you're making the decision. I don't know. Maybe we should talk about this. Is there a time to leave a Christian relationship because you disagree over things? Hmm. Um, I think that we have to pray for wisdom in what we can agree to disagree about and what hills are yeah, that's to true. die on. Um, because if scripture has plain verses on something, then we don't get to sway from our perspective because yeah. God's already given his perspective. Like we don't, mm-hmm. we don't get to just be like, oh, well, maybe, you know, it's like, well, there's mm-hmm. clear Bible verses on that. So, I, <laughs> but, but I don't know if that means breaking fellowship, but I think that yeah. it means remaining steadfast and like not being willing to sway because God's, yeah. dead, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know. What's your thoughts? I think... I don't know. This is, this is a hard one. Cause we've really had to deal with this a lot this last year. And I think what I finally settled on a couple months ago was when I was reading 
actually, I was reading Hugh Binning's book on this section of first Corinthians. And he was talking about how, um, love can seek to cover over the fence of an ideal relationship. And I think that that's what, what Christians may need to settle with. If, if you have somebody that you disagree with so strongly that um, your friendship can no longer be an ideal version of the kind of friendship you would like to have, your love should still be able to um, cover over those offense, offenses mm-hmm. enough that you can still walk in some sort of fellowship in an unideal manner. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'm not going to be your best friend Mm -hmm. for sure, but my love should at least cover over the offenses enough that I'm able to walk beside you. I think, and it's Mm -hmm. just hard. I mean, like you said, I think it does require wisdom to enter into that, that awkwardness. And we're Mm -hmm. not all good at that by any means, but, um, I just don't, I think when people shut the door and it's really black or white, like this is over, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a very Christian way of going about, about disagreeing. Yeah. Um, and just remembering that these are our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Like if they're yeah. fellow Christians and they're brothers and sisters and we're all on the same team and we want to be as united as closely as possible to what the mm-hmm. Bible says. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, disagreeing, it's not about being rude and obnoxious. We should strive no. to be the most kind, the most loving in any yeah. disagreement that we're having that we, like you said, should be the mo- the very most charitable to the other person's argument. Um, yeah. That's actually a sign of good a good debater. Brian was explaining this to me is that they're like they're taking what the person is saying and then they're trying to see it in the most logical um, way possible. So it actually makes you a better debater if you're able to do that because then you're strengthening your argument as well as showing them respect and charity. I just yeah. don't think we we just don't do that anymore. And part of it mm-hmm. maybe it's just because we don't know how to have. I mean, think of it, the Lincoln-Douglas debates, they would debate each other for like hours on end out Mm -hmm. in the heat. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we just don't have public discourse like that very much anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're all a nation of easily offended humans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think just as pretty much as a generation, we have lost Mm -hmm. the ability to to disagree and disagreeing is seen as intolerant. Um, yes, yes, and, yes. And almost like people are scared to disagree because they're scared that it's going to be called hate speech if you disagree mm-hmm, with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just knowing that like we're going to remove our emotions from this disagreement mm-hmm. and I'm not going to like get riled up and, um, you know, very emotionally driven. But if we know what the Bible says – which we as Christian women, that should be our first priority is knowing what the Bible says. We should be reading our Bible daily. And um, so knowing it that whenever someone says something that isn't biblical, that we are able to give a defense of what the Bible does say and do so with love, um, knowing that God will give us the words to say and um, the Holy Spirit hopefully will help us to say it in the right manner. But just striving to be people that know how to disagree because we're standing up for what God's word says and we're not scared to do that. We're not scared um, that people will, you know, say mean things in response or whatever it may be. Um, But just being fearless, I think, is the big focus that I wanted to bring today because I feel like um, more than anything, Um, A lot of Christian women are succumbing to the notion that we have to agree with um, Mm -hmm. whatever's being brought before us because we want to be nice and 
being nice <laughs> doesn't mean just agreeing. Um, you can be kind and nice and stand up for what the Bible says. Amen. <laughs> if you guys have any more thoughts, we'd like to hear your thoughts on this topic. Yeah. This is, this, I think that's one of the things too that, um, that uh, we forget about is that we should be having conversations regularly. And I think if we have more conversations where we disagree with one another, enter into the awkwardness, it's almost like a discipline you have to practice. Then yeah. you become less afraid of the disagreement, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. And I think if we're just constantly deferring to scripture, Yes. Uh, then, yes. then that takes out a lot of like the, I don't know, the emotional hurt that can be brought when it's just like, well, I think, mm-hmm. well, I feel whatever. Well, okay. We are going to think and feel very differently about a lot of topics, but if we have God's words and we know what he says about things and we're constantly just saying, well, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Then yeah. that takes out of a lot of the emotional responses that can be given. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on it? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. Hopefully you guys are fruitful this week. We'll pray that you will be fruitful and fearless in your relationships. See you later. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the fruitful and fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the shepherd's crook. The shepherd's crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching resources and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.